to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Lewis Goldberg of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis industry forward. In this week's episode, Lewis and Ann are diving into compliance, and joining them is Marion Marion Thiessen, the co-founder and CEO of Denver-based company Simplifya, which gives businesses the power to delegate, review, and proactively manage legal compliance tasks across all facility and license types. In addition to chatting about how Simplify is able to decode complex regulations on a state-by-state level, Ann and Lewis also cover the company's recent hire of John Vardaman, one of the authors of the Cole Memo, as well as Marion's incredibly unique entrepreneurial journey including his Sri Lankan royal background. So don't sit back, lean forward. Now on to our interview with Lewis, Anne, and Marion. Hey, Anne. Hi, Lewis. Boy, that is, I, you know, every time I start off with the, hey, Anne, I feel like a total, like, fraud of some kind. Um, a fraud? You don't yeah, just a fraud. dopey? I, I do well. Not as bad as I sounded on the intro to the 100th episode that we just. It was published. very sweet. I just listened to. It. I'm about halfway through. I was bummed I couldn't be there, but it was very yeah. sweet. Um, but I did the the Joe Rogan hello friends, <laughs> and it's because I keep listening to him because he's so freaking good. Um, well, I've been tra- wanting to do the John Oliver welcome, 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 but I've refrained. Oh, you got to do that. <laughs> no, oh my it's God. not my thing. <laughs> well, you know what? I, right, you off. know what? Now, f- totally, we are now totally going to rip off everybody's <laughs> intro. Welcome, welcome, welcome! <laughs> Just time for one quick thing. Oh my God, I love that. That's really funny. I think that that should be our shtick. Now we have a hundred, hundred plus out. episodes in. Just and stealing, no, stealing other people's intros, you know, and and doing them worse. Yeah, because that's what the people want to hear. Well, they. They want to hear you. They don't. By the way, it's time for you to do your own episode. Not a a no more just Lewis specials. We need to do an Ann uh, an Ann solo show. Okay. Um, well, that's not today. Today that is not today. We had a great conversation. Had or are having. I forget what tense I'm in right now, but time is a flat circle in podcast world. Um, so we are talking to the co-founder and CEO of Simplifya, a gentleman by the name of Marion. Mary Thaysen. Well done. Yes. Um, who is making compliance sexy again. What do you mean again? I when mean, it had its moment. Sexy? It had its moment. It was no. brief. Um, I can't think of when that moment was, but I'm giving it its Tuesday, props. 19- Tuesday, <laughs> July 7th, 1942. Right. That was when it so, was. That's when it was sexy. It's now sexy again. Oh, well, all right. Um, as bad as this intro was for the two of us, the actual the interview gets much better. I promise. The interview is way better, <laughs> way, way better. Um, so with that, on to our conversation with Marion Marathi Tyson. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so that, sorry. That was not right. <laughs> it, was, it was so wrong. And he was such a good guy. Um, but now on to our interview with the CEO of Simplifya. 
Marion, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with Anne uh, and me today. We have been looking forward to this for a while now. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me on the show, and it's, uh, it's great to be here. Um, so Simplifia is a great name. Um, and it and it's all about simple, um, but most people don't know who you are and what you do. So, who are you and what do you do? <laughs> so, Simplify, you know, we we have a joke internally that we're like the least sexiest company in the cannabis space, um, <laughs> and primarily just because of what we do. And what we do is we are the leading regulatory and operational compliance company. Now, what does that mean? Um, so, we take all the cumbersome state and local regulations. Um, as the name of the company implies, we, we simplify it down into a literally a 12th grade reading level. And we have them as audit questions within our software so that any license holder can use it to make sure that they're staying within the boundaries of, of the law uh, from a regulatory perspective. Um, that's just one kind of aspect of what Simplify does. So if you're a license holder, you essentially would sign up and based on your location. So if you're in Denver, Colorado, and say you have a, a recreational and a medical license, the system automatically detects where you are and the types of license you have, and it'll generate a, a list of audit questions that essentially walks you through all the regulations that you can answer through a yes or no uh, scenario. And at the end of it, the system will give you a report that says, here is where you are compliant and here is where you're not compliant. And where you're not compliant, the system actually gives you action items as to how to rectify those areas of non-compliance um, and then take it one step further and where you can assign it out. If you're a compliance officer or a manager or an owner um, of a facility, you can assign it out to employees. And when they actually fix those areas of uh, non-compliance, then it's date stamped, time stamped, and name stamped. Um, so it's, you know, what we say, it simplifies like your most valuable asset if you're a license holder, is your license. And so we help you preserve that license. We help you manage your entire kind of uh, regulatory and operational compliance within one system. And that's that in a kind of high level is what we do. But, you know, we've got a bunch of other stuff now that we've uh, entered into, in, including SOPs, where we extrapolate standard operating procedures from state and local regs. We have what's called a smart cabinet that tells you it's kind of like compliance for dummies that tells you exactly what you need to do in terms of, um, you know, paperwork for your license or your application paperwork when it needs to be done and so forth. Um, so yeah, that in a nutshell is what we do. Uh, Marion, I, this, no, perhaps no other industry, maybe other than, you know, alcohol or tobacco, um, is so heavily regulated and regulated to like the nth degree. How do you guys keep up with such a dynamic industry um, and make sure that, you know, everything you have is, is absolutely up to speed and correct. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. So, you know, even though we're, we're a tech company, we're also, we have a, we have a group of folks called the regulatory affairs team. The regulatory affairs team is consisted of uh, policy folks and lawyers and literally all they do is sit and pour through regulations, again, on a state and local level, but they're also monitoring all the regulations in the states that we're in. So we're in 16 states now, and because as you know, they are changing on an ongoing basis. And so on a, on a, on a real-time basis, when regulations change, 
they actually take those regulations and and as I mentioned earlier, they simplify it down and put it into the system. So it it's it's really grueling work and it's really hard work. But um, someone. So do you to, supply free coffee for all those guys <laughs> and gals? Free, free coffee and tequila. No, just <laughs> just coffee. It's uh yeah they what they do is incredibly hard and and um, so that's part of the reason uh, I think that there's. Uh, and very little competition or any competition to simplify because of the fact of the work that we do. You guys, uh, you know, sit in this unique space, right? You're, you're, like you said, you're regulatory and you are um, a technology company. There has been a lot of discussion about how artificial intelligence is going to play a role in, in regulatory oversight. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I mean, so on the AI perspective, I mean, it's essentially taking data that you have and, and the system, you know, becomes smarter over time based on how people are answering questions and, and how the industry as a whole is dealing with uh, with compliance, right? Um, so AI, I think, is not just uh, an exciting topic for the cannabis industry. I think it is across all all different industries. But as of right now, what I can tell you is... Um, AI, as, as great as it is, it still can't do the type of work uh, the, a team like the, our regulatory affairs team has to do, right? Because um, you still are dealing with ongoing changes in regulations, whether it's state or local. And to be able to understand that, to interpret it, but also to be able to like convert them into a yes or no question without losing its meaning is something that I think AI still hasn't gotten around to. But I think eventually... It will help, um, you know, with license holders down the road. But as of right now, it's not really there. You know, the cannabis industry has seen this incredible influx of investment capital, and then it's it's slowed down recently. Um, you know, you guys sit between, like I said, this, you know, like you're somewhere between a cannabis company and a tech company, maybe even a fintech company. You're in the middle of a raise, um, right now, do you want to talk about the type of reception that investors are giving you, and and what your how you describe your value proposition? Have you had to change your pitch, um, given what's been going on with cannabis valuations? So that's a great question. Um, I, I think uh, with the markets kind of not doing so hot, I think investors are a little shy about uh, obviously investments into the into the space. But you know, we've we've been very fortunate in that. We have a really good group of investors. We've raised 7.3 so far. That's million, not $7.3. <laughs> yes, 7.3 million. And, and we're raising 4 million in our Series D. And as a matter of fact, yesterday around 2.30 is when I finally finished up our Series D deck and financials and I sent it out to our existing shareholders. And I was literally having this conversation earlier today and I, I think it's fun to kind of share. Um, I sent that deck out and mind you, to the minute, six minutes later, one of our existing shareholders wrote back and said, I'll take a half a million. And then <laughs> just, just this morning, I had, an, I had another gentleman that called me and said, I want a half a million. And we've got, um, you know, Merida Capital has been uh, just a wonderful group to be working with. And, you know, Mitch and Merida have been obviously very supportive of us. And, you know, they all committed to coming in on this round. But we have a new lead, a uh, potential new lead that we're speaking to as well. 
And we have 99% of our investors, uh, existing investors that are uh, re-upping on this round. So we've been um, very fortunate. And I think part of that's due to the fact that, you know, Simplify is a rec tech company, right? So, um, you know, not only are we working with the license holders, we now have started servicing financial institutions as well as insurance companies, um, uh, delivery companies. Um, we have conversations going on with government on the local municipality level. So, um, as I said earlier on in this, in this call that, um, you know, even though we were the least sexiest, all of a sudden it, it turns out that compliance is, is a must in a highly regulated industry. And, uh, and so here we are, <laughs> but you know, a Justin Timberlake joke in there somewhere, bringing <laughs> compliance sexiness back. I don't know. Well, you we'll know, I'll, I'll tell you one of the, one of my favorite quotes that I still use was, was given to me by Christian Cedarberg when I first got into the space about three and a half years ago, and Christian Cedarberg with Vicente Cedarberg. And, you know, he said, Marion, you know, people think that they're getting into the cannabis industry when in fact they're getting into the compliance industry. If they do compliance really well, they get to stay in cannabis and enter <laughs> cannabis, right? And I thought, and I thought that was such a great quote and, and I use it every day because it's, it's so true. Because, you know, if, if you're not compliant, like it's like any other highly regulated industry, whether it's alcohol or gaming or whatever it may be, pharma, um, if you're not playing by the rules, then you're not playing any longer. And so um, that's where we fit into that into that ecosystem. Can we back up a little bit and talk about maybe how you got into the space? You're you're a serial entrepreneur, um, you know, and and what attracted you? I was going to say to the cannabis industry, but maybe I should say to the compliance industry. Yeah, so um, this goes back actually to uh, Vicente Cedarberg again. And prior to that, so I come from the tech tech space. So I've, I've, I've been fortunate to have started and, and built and sold a handful of tech companies. And then prior to getting into cannabis, I used to own a tequila company. And so I came from a highly regulated space uh, prior, but um, it actually- To an even more highly regulated space. Yes, exactly. And- uh, it has to do with Vicente Cedarberg again. Christian Cedarberg is actually uh, a close family friend of my uh, my wife's family, and they're all like third or fourth generation Coloradans. And I've been in Colorado for 17 years. I ran into Christian at you know a few different kind of functions or events, and uh, you know Christian was like, "Hey, this is not just going to be a Colorado thing. This is going to be a global thing." And he's like, "You really should look into this more." And he's like, "As a matter of fact, we have." an idea for a compliance play, which obviously is when he told me about the whole compliance for, you know, in cannabis and so forth. And he said, um, you know, you should really come in and, and chat with us. And so I went in and, you know, they were talking about what was to become Simplify, a, a way to create a software product that can scale, not just nationally, but on a global level. And, um, you know, that would keep these license holders in check in terms of, you know, not losing their license. And so that was really the turning point for me. You know, to me, compliance made a lot of sense. Technology made a lot of sense. Scaling a business in this space made a lot of sense. And so I was one of the first investors in the company. And um, that's how I got into the space. And you don't touch the plant. So is that something that, you know, you were very, you were, was it, was the space you, you were interested in it, but not in a plant touching sense or, and this just made sense or you came at it from a purely tech technology side and figured this is a great way to get in. 
Yeah, so, you know, because I understood tech, it, it, it was an easy kind of uh, a draw towards a compliance tech or rec tech. But I, early on, I certainly didn't want to touch the plant just because I wasn't quite sure, you know, exactly where the road would lead. And, you know, all, and you had to go through a lot of, I think, a lot of paperwork to get into investments where you're touching the plant. Now, of course, I've, I've made about 14 investments uh, in various companies myself, and there are two that actually touch the plant. So I've gotten comfortable with it over the few years, but uh, it just made sense early on to get into compliance just because of the tech aspect and the compliance uh, factor of it. We are, to remind everybody, talking with Marion. I'm not going to try and pronounce your name. I know you gave it to me before, but um, why don't you tell me how to pronounce your name again, please, so that everybody can get it right. No worries. It's Marion Marietta-Awesome. It's a tongue twister. The, the CEO of Simplifya. And, and you're from Sri Lanka. Um, I am. Which is relatively unique in the cannabis industry. Is there or what is the history of cannabis and Sri Lanka, and and you know when you got into the industry, what did your community think? That's a that's an interesting question, right? So Sri Lanka, which is a primarily conservative Buddhist country, um, has actually been using cannabis from an Ayurvedic med- medicinal standpoint for, gosh, very very long time. But when it comes from when it comes to the recreational or consumable side of it, uh, for just recreational purposes, the country shies away very heavily. So I actually, my, so I'm Catholic, but, uh, or is raised Catholic, and my family, of course, initially was a little skeptical, but uh, they embraced it pretty quickly. But I go to Sri Lanka twice a year, because I, I have a company there as well, a software company, and, and um, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing that Sri Lanka, even though it's coming around to it, there's still that stigma that you know, if you're in cannabis, they just think you're sitting around smoking uh, a joint, you know, 24 hours a day. And, um, <laughs> you know, you're not. It, it just... you're not? <laughs> hey, I, I have no issue with that, but I, I certainly wouldn't be able to function or run a company if I, if I was, because as much as I like it, it's like I wouldn't be able to stay focused, I think. But uh, yeah, so I, I think just like the rest of the world that, you know, um, that probably still carries some stigma around cannabis. Um, you know, they, they're embracing it slowly, but not as quickly as, as we have here. And even I think here in the States, even you still have people that are still against it. So you guys recently, um, announced the hiring of, uh, John Vardaman, uh, who is one of the co-authors of the Cole memo, um, which has been such an integral document in the evolution of this industry. Um, uh, you know, how, how did that come about? I mean, he's, he's certainly someone who's been on, you know, both sides of the cannabis aisle, so to speak. How do you, um, how, what does he do for you guys? So John is our chief compliance officer and general counsel and, and you're, and you're right. And so he, you know, was with the DOJ treasury and he, you know, was the author of the coal memorandum. After that, he actually went to work for a sister company of ours, uh, hyper, which is in the FinTech side in the yep. cannabis space. Um, but I think, you know, with, this, with the Safe Banking Act coming along and hopefully we'll pass the Senate um, because of the fact that Simplify was also getting into the financial institution side of the business, um, you know, because Hyper is still a very close sister company, 
we kind of came to the terms like, hey, Hyper, you've had him for a few years. Now we get to have him and uh, to, <laughs> to help us kind of spearhead the, the financial institution side of things for us. And so that's how he came uh, on board with us. And John's a phenomenal guy, has a lot of uh, deep knowledge when it comes to obviously the regulatory side of things, but also compliance and, and banking. And so very fortunate. So just, just, be, just between us chickens, have you spoken to him about Jeff Sessions and, and what his thinking was when, when, they, when he, he, I'm going to repeal the coal memorandum? <laughs> you know, that, that's funny. I, I actually haven't had that conversation with him. I guess I kind of blocked it out of my head after, <laughs> after Sessions said that. But um, I'll, I'll get back to you on that. I'll certainly ask him and, and uh, report back. Rumor has it, going back to Sri Lanka for a moment, that... Uh, you are literally the king of cannabis. Can you talk a little bit about your 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 royal background? Well, yeah. So my my mother actually, her father, comes from. There's a book called the Golden Book of Ceylon, and uh, my mother is a is the great 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 granddaughter of of the northern part of uh, the king of Sri Lanka, and so um, it's. It's funny you asked that. I guess you guys have done some research, but uh, yeah. So it's, you know, it's, you're the first royal we've talked to, so we're pretty excited. Well, you know, it, it's something that we actually don't talk about too often in our family because my mom is a super modest lady, and uh, even when we when we she hasn't gone back to Sri Lanka since 1990, I think, or 92. Oh, is she in Colorado <laughs> with you? Yes, yeah, yes, she, yeah, she is. My both of my parents are, and uh, so even when we go back. When people, even though she's, you know, now identified by, by by her married name, when they find out her maiden name, you know, there's a little bit of extra treatment that she gets, but she's su- super shy about it, um, you know. And and you know, already you have a country that's really dominated by um, what do you call it, classes, if you will, yeah. and and so which she doesn't prescribe into, and neither do I. And so you know, it, we just joke that it's kind of dead and gone. But yeah, it's. Uh, it, it's certainly part of our lineage, I guess, uh, that uh, bit of history. <laughs> and, I, and, you know, what is it like, um, you know, from a cultural point of view to move from such a, uh, you said you've been in, in the U.S. for 17 years or Colorado for 17 years? So I've been in Colorado for 17 years. I, my family actually immigrated straight to Kansas. Um, oh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> because because every, everybody grows up wanting to move to Kansas. <laughs> So just just to make it even more twisted of a story, my my father was um, in in politics in Sri Lanka, and I don't know how much you know about the civil war that um, that actually just ended in the in the 90s. But um, right at the height of the civil war was in '83 when we moved to the states. Um, my dad's kind of um, running partner got assassinated, and and we were also kind of in in the line of, of fire, I suppose. That's the way so wait, wait. so the, the the Tamil Tigers were uh, were coming after you directly? No, so it, it's well, it, it's a little bit more complex. So you know, um, so I'm Tamil. My my dad's side of the family is from the northern part of the island, and but my my parents were always of the mind that we're Sri Lankan. It's not so much that you're Sinhalese or Tamil or Muslim. It's just we're Sri Lankan, right? And and um, his his kind of running mate or his, his you know, co-runner in this kind of new movement was had the same ideology, and and of course he got assassinated, 
And so anyone that was trying to spread this idea of like, hey, we're one was not really liked at that point by, you know, some extreme sides. And so, so we had to get out of the country very quickly. And uh, we knew two people in the entire U.S. One was in D.C., my mom's older brother, and one was in Kansas, my mom's younger brother. And I guess my parents thought that cost of living was cheaper in Kansas and Kansas was a better place to raise kids. And so we ended up in a small town in Kansas. <laughs> and so from a tropical island to Kansas in the dead of winter. <laughs> and so you went, yeah, you went from yeah, a tropical island to Kansas, which is flat and cold, to Colorado, which is mountainous and cold. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there was a point in your career that you looked at the cannabis industry and said, I want to be in that. Like there, there is a hole that I can fill. Can you talk about that? Did you have a, a gestalt moment where like you, this light bulb went off and said, everything I have done in my career has brought me to this. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, I was on the outside looking in and, you know, I think the industry had, had, was just starting up in, in some sense. And, I felt like I had some value that I can add, at least from a tech perspective and having done startups, right? And um, again, looking from the outside and looking in, I was just like, wow, there's all these great opportunities because it's completely new. And I wasn't quite sure how and where and how I was going to do it, I suppose. But um, so, you know, having that conversation with Christian Cedarberg was very serendipitous at that time because, you know, I, I think... What I realized very quickly was that compliance, whether people like it or not, in a highly regulated space was going to be a necessity. And then when you couple that up with technology that can scale, uh, not just nationally, on, on a global level, it made a ton of sense. And so when I had that opportunity to jump in with Simplify, I just, I, you know, dove in head first because it, it was, you know, how often do we get a chance to be kind of on the forefront of an emerging industry, right? And so it was just... Super fun. And I, and I still love it to this day. The first sales call that you made, can, can you talk about who you went to and what that experience was like? So, you know, it took us much longer to get to the point where we could actually sell. What we initially did was where we went for beta customers, meaning we wanted to work with uh, dispensaries and cultivators and manufacturers and trying to understand what their pain points were from a compliance perspective. So, you know, it was a, it was a group here in Denver and we called and said, Hey, luckily Vicente Cedarberg made an introduction. We're like, Hey, we're, we're the new compliance guys on the block and guys and girls, I guess. And, and uh, we'd like to pick your brain around what you like and what you don't like about what you're doing on a manual basis around regulatory and operational compliance. And um, they were super, you know, helpful. They were very talkative. They, you know, they had a ton of things they wanted to tell us, like that they hated, right? Um, and how to stay on top of the ever-changing regulations. And so that was the first call, and it was so insightful because I, did, I certainly didn't come from uh, a compliance background or a legal background, and so it was just so insightful and so exciting and and so nerve-wracking all at the same time because. You know, we were embarking on something that, you know, myself or the team had, had ever done before. And, and what was, year was that? So this was, so we actually incorporated Simplify in March 2016. We started building 
what we call an alpha product. And we officially launched December or November of 2016 with just a very basic product that we started talking to our alpha customers with. And did you see, um, I think cannabis is such, you know, has historically been a, a very off the books business. Um, you know, do you, it, you know, almost begging for better technology to manage not only their compliance, but their seed to sale. And, you know, there is such a place for technology in this industry. Did you sense any initial reluctance um, with some of your initial customers? Yes, very much so. That's a great question. Anna. And I think a lot of that was has to do with the fact that, you know, it, it's been in, in, in the background, right? I mean, cannabis itself has kind of been in the background. And, and, and a lot of these... Uh, not a lot, but some of the operators that we were talking to are very reluctant to just trust any new people coming into the space. They're like, hey, we've been in on this on the ground level going through all this hardship and, and trying to get you know deregulation to come around. And all of a sudden, these people are showing up that we don't even know. Can we trust you? Are you guys going to be around long enough? Are you going to really have my interest in hand here? And, and so there was quite a bit of pushback early on. Until, you know, now it's completely different because we've been around for three years and or coming up on three years. And, you know, we've we've kind of shown our value in terms of what we bring to these license holders. And so it's it's very different now. But early on, it absolutely was. I think they just didn't want to deal with techies and and, and non-cannabis people that were just all of a sudden showing up in their vertical. You know, technology breaks. And I assume yeah. that you were on version... 38.2.7 <laughs> of what you guys are doing, right? Yeah. Um, you, you know, and every time you, you, especially for technology company, you issue a new iteration, your, your idea is to get better, to learn from your mistakes. What, can you talk about those mistakes? Yeah, no. So, I mean, my entire career has been a bunch of fuck up. <laughs> and by the way, welcome to the podcast. You can fucking curse all you want. Well, I, I heard you say that. I was like, oh, I, I, get, I can cuss on this one. That's great. Um, no, but so here's the thing, right? So as techies and people that really didn't come from the industry, we took the luxury or the liberty of making some assumptions right, in our product. It's like, oh, okay, well, we went and asked these questions, and, you know, sometimes you just can't, in one sitting, ask all the questions you want. So we would kind of form some opinions and assumptions, as you do, you know, oftentimes. But in other industries that we knew really well, you can make assumptions because you know it. Here, it was a completely different ball game, and so we had made some assumptions, right? So we had created some technology or features that were like, oh, okay, here's the right natural way to do this. And then we would take it out to the client base and they're like, what the hell is this? Like, no, this is completely wrong because it needs to work this way in, in a completely different uh, way than, than we as technologists were thinking about it. And so we had, you know, truth be told, we had probably a couple of years of just lots of ups and downs. You know, we would release a new product that we were like so proud of and then, you know, uh, cannabis business would come and say, like, this really sucks. You guys really screwed it, screwed this one, right? And so that, that happened for a couple of years. Um, but that's the beauty of technology, it's, as, you, as you mentioned. It's like you learn from your mistakes. You, you get smarter as we get 
better with the industry as a whole. And you know where we are today is it's completely night and day than where we were a few years ago. As a matter of fact, there was a, a customer in here two days ago that we had pitched two years ago. And they were just like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. And then, you know, we had them back in here two days ago and they're like, wow, this is like, yes, sign us up. Like literally on the spot. They're like, it's completely different. And we're like, yeah, you know, they're like, you guys have really evolved. And we're like, absolutely. We, we learned from a lot of dumb things that we did and, and assumptions and mistakes <laughs> we made. And here we are. And, but, you know, going back to my career, oh my gosh, you know, from failures to successes, you learn, right? You constantly are learning. And I've, I've, Certainly, I fucked up along the way plenty of times, and, and I suspect I will continue to do. Well, if you don't, then you're not trying, right? I mean, I think that's the thing with any any entrepreneur at any level. Effort, it's it, if you are not trying to do and push the envelope, then you're not trying to grow and progress. And 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 that's a fun, you know, failure is a function of success, and success is a function of failure. I, I and and by the way, that was a great answer it is rare we've had um now more than a hundred guests on and we've probably asked this question 50 times and to my knowledge i would say that three or four people have been truly authentic about their conversations of failure and and for the people who are listening we really want to know like where 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 did you screw up and how did you how did it impact on you because we all fuck up like uh, every day I, I make mistakes and I try and not duplicate them. And it has informed the success of my company, you, you know, my relationships, everything. So I really appreciate you being honest. Yeah, no, you know, I, I think, you know, the way we grow as, as individuals or even companies is, is by recognizing our failures. Right. And, and I think even today, even though we as a company in Simplify or even any of these other companies I'm involved in, you know, one of the things we always literally promote is like, it's okay to come and say, I screwed this up because if we know, then we can try and fix it and learn from it. Right. But if you try and hide it or try and deny it, or even to ourselves as an individual, if I'm just, you know, reluctant to admit fault, then, um, you know, I'm just going to be sitting there in the same spot <laughs> thinking I'm like some amazing person, which I'm not. And, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's funny how that works. Um, I have to imagine that, that there are times that uh, you're giving your clients and companies you work with uh, some bad news sometimes. Have there been any companies that have flat out ignored you and just said, yeah, I might be not in compliance here, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to forge ahead. And you see it and you're like, oh man, they're going to make a mistake. Yeah. So, you know, I I'll tell you one of the things that People, uh, well, I, I can't say this on a broad base, but early on, one of the things we noticed was that compliance is literally one of the last things people were thinking about. I think they were thinking about it when they're, you know, filling out their applications and then they're getting started. But when you saw, like here in Colorado, enforcement wasn't happening as much. You know, we literally had people say like, oh, you know, I can't remember the last time the Met came in. So like, ah, we're not too worried about it. And so... Our response to that is just like, wow, like you've spent all this time and money and energy going and winning this license and you're literally willing to, you know, take that risk by risk saying, it. yeah, yeah, risk it all. And 
you know, and then I think, you know, we saw a few years ago, even last year, a few uh, dispensaries that, you know, got handed down some massive fines and even shut down where the licenses were revoked. And I think that's when I think people really start to wake up and it's just like, oh my gosh, like even advertising, you know, there's, there's certain regulations around advertising. And I think uh, without naming names, I remember one that got hit with a massive fine because they weren't adhering to advertising regulations. It's just like, wow. To, to us, it's like now that we live and breathe compliance, we, you know, we're almost like bankers and insurance people. We're just like freaking out about everything. But um, I think that's what everyone should be thinking about is how do I preserve this business and how do I grow it? And obviously growing the business is something that they know how to do, but preserving that license and preserving that business is something that uh, we want to be able to help with. Before we get to our last question, I want to um, just dig a little bit more into your offering, uh, one of your offerings um, in Ceylon Solutions. I hope I'm saying that the right way. Um, and, and how you use it to work with cannabis companies. It's not your typical coding shop. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so Ceylon Solutions is a company I've had since 2005. We've done work for Fortune 1000 companies all the way down to startups in, in various verticals. Um, but because I'm now spending literally all my time in cannabis, and one of uh, my business partners, Alan Bankier, uh, actually came, bought into Salon Solutions last year, but he's also an investor in Simplifier, we decided to pivot the company to focus entirely on cannabis software development. And so um, why that's important is, you know, while you have, I think, tech geniuses all around the world that can code products of any sort, I think having uh, software engineers that understand a vertical makes a big difference, right? For the reasons we were talking about earlier. Like when I came from traditional medical software or, uh, or tequila and coming into, into cannabis, there was so much of a learning curve I had to, I had to learn about from terminology just to, and to even nuances about how the industry works. So same reason when we pivoted Salon Solutions to work directly in the cannabis space, our software engineers now have developed not only Simplifier, but they uh, are the ones that are developing a product called LeafWire. They, they do development for New Frontier Data, another data company called Zephyr. So they understand what this industry is about. So when you go to a, an engineer and say, hey, I want you to build this product, but here's the vertical that you're building it in, they actually have a more holistic idea about how the industry operates. And so that's the that's kind of the difference between Salon Solutions and just going out and getting any other software developer because we understand the space. We've been in it now for three, four years is when we pivoted the company. And and so it, it's a, it, it makes a big difference, I think. And as a tech guy, I can tell you that if you understand your product and your audience and the vertical, then you can develop much better products than if you don't. How many companies are you involved with right now? You personally? Yeah, so as an investor, 14. Um, but um, I run Simplify, obviously, as a CEO. That's my, my full-time gig. I'm the chairman of Ceylon Solutions. I'm on the board of LeafWire. Uh, and then I'm on the advisory board of a, a fund uh, called Key Investment Partners, which is a cannabis fund. And then the rest are just uh, investments. And, and when do you sleep? 
<laughs> so you know, ever since even I think college, I've I've required about maybe five hours of sleep. Um, I now have a three-year-old and a one-and-a-half-year-old. On top of that, I was late into the parenting game, oh and God. so <laughs> I'm, I now average about four and a half hours of sleep. So I've I've knocked it down by thirty minutes a night, and uh, but I have a lot of energy, so I, I tend to. We we didn't notice. Time. We didn't notice that at <laughs> all. Um, so our last question, Marion, um, we we try to ask all of our guests, which is. You know, you read the Denver Post, you read the Wall Street Journal, you're reading MJ Biz. If there's one story that you think is so grossly underreported in cannabis, what is the media missing right now? You know, if you woke up and, and you saw this, whatever this headline is, you'd be like, finally, they got it right. What What's the thing that everybody is missing about the cannabis industry? Well, I think, you know, I think there's not enough light being shed on the on the fact that you have some early people that have been in this space just really grinding it out trying to bring it to legalization right I, i'm i'm now enjoying being in this vertical being in cannabis because of the shoulders of some people that were there early on that you know lobbied and and protested and and did all the hard work that i think one thing I'd like to see is more recognition. I'm certainly not one of these people because I came late to the game, but I think one of the things I'd love to see is that is, you know, people still giving some kudos to those early adopters or those people that were in early on paving the way for all of us that, you know, are now in this space. Um, so that, that certainly is one. And then I think the other aspect is that, uh, you know, from the investment side, I think there's a lot of uh, excitement about the space, but, um, you know, I think it's time that uh, people really step up if they want to see the space in terms of companies uh, really catapulting to the next level, right? Because I think we were talking about earlier, there's a lot of shyness now because of the markets. Um, but, you know, we need capital in the space if we're going to see it progress. And um, so, yeah. That was amazing. Marion, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Um, if people want to find you, where can they find you on social media? Where can they find you online? Where, where can they find you? Yeah, so simplify.com, S-I-M-P-L-I-F-Y-A.com, uh, or salonsolutions.com, the C-E-Y-L-O-N, and the word solutions.com. But also I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you know, with that crazy name of mine, you can find me pretty easily. Uh, it's Marion Meredith Hassan. And uh, yeah, I, I certainly appreciate you guys taking the time. I've, I've certainly enjoyed it. So have we. <laughs> and I, I love the laughs. I, I like that you guys keep it really light. <laughs> well, you, you know, the goal is for people to, 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 I mean, what you are doing is not easily accessible, right? You know, compliance technology could be something that, you know, people kind of roll their eyes at, but it's vital. And, and having people understand the role that you guys play in making sure that the what's going on in the industry is always on the up and up that that that's an important you are an, a vital and important piece of the overall cannabis industry and it you know we may we may make this conversational but what you are doing is way way important uh well thank you i, I appreciate it well I, I would argue the same thing for you guys right i mean with that 
a medium such as yourself, we wouldn't be able to, you know, kind of talk about our experiences and, and uh, get the oh, opportunity to share. Go on, go on. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys really are awesome. I, I, I appreciate the time. And like I said, I, I, I love it when people keep things light. And uh, you, you've certainly made me laugh a few times on this podcast. So it's been- yeah, don't encourage me because the dad yeah, jokes will keep we're coming. We're really not encouraging the laughing at Lewis. <laughs> well, no, you can laugh at me. You just can't laugh with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much easier uh, to laugh at you. Yes. All right, Marion. <laughs> thank, thank you so, you so much, so Marion. It's been I a really pleasure. I appreciate the time. Our thanks to Marion Marriott Dyson, co-founder and CEO of Simplifya. Check them out at simplifya.com. That's S-I-M-P-L-I-F-Y-A.com. As always, if you want to chat with us, you can find us on Twitter with the handle at the underscore green rush or on Instagram at the Green Rush underscore podcast. Drop Lewis hate mail at greenrush at kcsa.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Green Rush in your favorite podcatcher. One take, Shay. One take. <laughs>